and welcome to HealthQuest, dedicated to nutrition and your good health. Support for HealthQuest has been provided by some of America's best nutritional companies. And now, HealthQuest, with your host, Steve Lankford. Hello, and welcome back to HealthQuest. I'm your host, Steve Lankford. Thanks for joining me. I'm glad you're here. I have part two of our series on nutritional mushrooms. My previous interview with Mark Kaler was on an introduction to nutritional mushrooms. And if you're not familiar with those mushrooms or the overall category of mushrooms, you'll want to go back and listen to that interview. Today, we're going to start looking at one of the individual mushrooms, perhaps the most well-known, the most famous, perhaps the most effective That's what we're going to learn today when we talk to Mark about the maitake mushroom. So it's in that capacity I'm pleased to introduce to you once again, Mark Kaler. Mark, welcome back. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here again. It is exciting to talk to you because this is a very exciting category, and it's unfortunate that so few people seem to know about the value of these nutritional mushrooms. Our knowledge of those is growing. There's a lot more research going on with these mushrooms over time. But before we start talking about the current science, give us a little bit of the history, the background of maitake mushrooms. What do we know about it from centuries of use and its place in natural medicine? Well, your lead-in for this is actually quite specific and applicable to the maitake mushroom because the maitake is a mushroom that was actually used primarily as a food. It was highly prized as a food. In fact, the name maitake in Japanese, mai means dancing, take means mushroom. So it was called the dancing mushroom. And one of the theories is why it was called the dancing mushroom is that when people would find this mushroom growing wild, they would actually dance for joy. And the reason they probably danced for joy was because back in medieval Japan, maitake was so highly prized as a food in this case that was actually worth its weight in silver. So you can imagine that if you happened upon a 25-pound maitake mushroom and they do grow that big, you'd actually probably increase your tax category a couple-fold upon that discovery. This is an interesting mushroom in the sense that it comes from that kind of food background, food tradition, but it's really been in the last 20, 30 years that researchers have started to explore and open it up as far as a medicinal mushroom. There must have been good reason why it was so highly prized in that time. Do we know anything about its historical usages? Primarily, again, used as a food, it's just a very tasty, yummy mushroom. If anybody ever has a chance to cook with it, it's a very earthy, rich, much more mushroomy kind of flavor than we get from buttons and portobellas and even from shiitakes and things. It was just prized as a food. We need to remember that in Asia, these were big parts of the diet. There are mushrooms there today that are matsutake, for instance, that I think go for like $1,000 a pound still just as a food or as a, they mix it in soups and stuff. So this is a culture that's highly prized them not just as medicines but as food. Again, that's primarily the background for its use, certainly in Asian things. That's what kind of what makes it really intriguing right now is because it's all really kind of new discoveries. It's new territories. It's this mushroom that we didn't really know a lot about We're starting to explore what the compounds, we're discovering new applications for it. It's kind of a whole new world in that regard as far as the maitake goes. 
There's been some interesting research, and I know that Japan has been a center of some of that research early on, if I'm not mistaken. Tell us about some of the early research that got us started on the understanding of this mushroom. It's interesting when you go back and look at it. I think the things that really got the maitake going and even got our company going, Mushroom Wisdom, it used to be known as maitake products because that's all we really did was the maitake mushroom. In the early days, all we did was basically a dried, powdered maitake mushroom. This was really based on some of the earliest research done in the U.S. as well as done by a counterpart in Japan where they actually took HIV and mixed it with infected cells. And they saw, I think in the one study that was done by the National Cancer Institute, they saw a 97% survival rate of those cells in this laboratory study just mixing the maitake mushroom with these HIV-infected cells, and similar results were found in the Japanese study. That really kind of started the whole ball game going, and that's when actually the founder of Maitake Products, now Mushroom Wisdom, actually came across the researcher who was doing some of the first research on the mushroom, but he was looking for funding in order to explore it. At that time, he was actually an investment banker. He was so intrigued by the research, he said, hey, we don't need to go any further. We don't need to look for research money for you. I'll do it. And that kind of started the ball rolling as far as its later investigations into immune, blood sugar, all sorts of other applications. That's very interesting. I did not realize that was really the history and the foundation of both the research and the company. So there's a much stronger connection there than I realized. This came out of primary interest in research on the part of a few individuals. Again, it was not a mushroom that was used, and the way it actually kind of unfolded was they did this initial work showing promising benefits, at least with HIV-AIDS. I don't want to overblow a possible application because certainly there's a difference between what happens in a lab and what happens in the human body, but it was being widely used in the HIV community initially. What happened is some researchers started looking at saying, okay, we have all these mushrooms that we've been using for thousands of years. We know they all have incredible immune benefits, incredible anti-tumor action benefits, Actually, hundreds of mushrooms have been shown to have those benefits. What about some of these mushrooms that we've been eating as food that we're familiar with, but we've just never investigated? And that led to a series of studies, stimulating response studies. And lo and behold, they found out that the maitake mushroom actually stimulated the immune system better than these medicinal mushrooms that have been used for very long. The next step was, okay, let's look at it a little more specifically. And they found out again that the maitake mushroom actually had the strongest anti-tumor action of these other medicinal mushrooms that have been used for so long. And then the next question was, well, what is it in these mushrooms that's actually doing this? That's when they actually discovered the maitake defraction. And they found, again, in comparative studies, that the maitake defraction had such a significantly higher anti-tumor and immune stimulant action, like when we compare it with the reishi mushroom, which I think is a wonderful mushroom and I'm a big fan of, it actually had an anti-tumor action when the reishi was dosed at 50 times stronger it was still two to three times stronger in its anti-tumor action. The initial explorations of this were so intriguing that just led to further research and investigation in this regard. What you're telling me is that first we learned that there were some benefits to the mushroom itself, just the dried powder of the mushroom. But then upon further research, they found that certain components of the mushroom were more effective, and they started using those in some of these anti-tumor studies? Absolutely. There are basically three versions of the maitake mushroom that we make. One is the whole maitake mushroom, which is just the mushroom ground into a powder. That's the work that was done initially with the HIV-infected cells. 
There's been independent research showing it is a potent antioxidant. There was a study done with mice showing it actually increased the SOD and glutathione peroxidase levels in the mice, as well as decreasing free radicals. The whole maitake mushroom also has some studies as far as hepatitis benefit, hepatitis B in particular. I think they saw something like a 72% recovery rate in hepatitis B. The amazing thing, too, with that is that roughly 40% of people in that study actually had the hepatitis antigen. The markers for the disease actually disappear completely. So there's been that independent research on the maitake mushroom itself. I like it a lot as an endocrine tonic. There are two other compounds, and the maitake defraction is one of them, which I mentioned as having these immune benefits. More recently, there's a product called the SX fraction, which are other compounds that we discovered in the maitake mushroom, and those are blood sugar and insulin. So we really have three different maitake products that we're talking about, whole maitake, which we call Griffron maitake, maitake defraction, which is generally focused on immune benefits and immune action, and then the SX fraction, which has blood sugar, insulin, and cardiovascular benefits, as well as some other surprising ones. Now, do I understand that maitake has been used as an adjunct therapy in parts of the world? Absolutely. I think that's one of the areas that I think gets downplayed and overlooked to a large degree. We're always kind of looking for that magic bullet. We always want that remedy, whether it be a pharmaceutical drug, whether it be a herb or something, we're looking for that kind of cure for cancer. But I think one of the really promising benefits for the maitake defraction, as well as a lot of other of these natural remedies that we have available to us, is that many of them work as very potent adjunct therapies to conventional therapy. What I mean by that is they work with the conventional therapy, either potentiating or decreasing the negative side effects. In the case of the maitake defraction, it actually does both. It's actually been shown to potentiate certain chemotherapy agents, meaning the chemotherapy agent actually works better than it would without the maitake defraction. So it's killing more cancer cells when it's taken with the maitake defraction than it would on its own. Another really significant part, and this is something that anybody who's ever gone through cancer treatment or been around somebody who's gone through it, we're all very aware of those negative side effects that are associated with chemotherapy and radiation. And the maitake defraction is significantly shown to decrease those negative side effects. Hair loss, pain, nausea, vomiting, decreases in red and white blood cells, all those measures actually improve significantly when taking the maitake defraction in conjunction with these conventional therapies as does overall quality of life. So just using it as a therapy to potentiate the conventional treatments many people are using and to dramatically decrease those side effects, to me, that alone makes it a wonderful gift and useful healing tool when we talk about this serious disorder. Yes, certainly those are very important considerations. And if you have to go through these serious treatments, and they are very potent, powerful treatments, you want to get the best results. So something that would potentiate that and do it safely would seem to me to be important. And anything that can reduce those terrible side effects, as you mentioned, that allows people to get through the treatments sometimes because compliance is an issue when somebody is undergoing those treatments if they can't handle the side effects. Can you tell us a little bit about the studies that they did for those kinds of things? How do they go about testing that and how do they quantify, say, the additional benefit that maitake defraction might provide? That's actually a very big question. It can get quite complex when you actually start looking at some of the research. So 
let's just take a couple of things. When you're talking about reporting on quality of life, when you use it in conjunction with conventional therapies, that's just a subjective measure, and there are a number of standards they have out there. Sometimes it's just like one to ten scale, how do you feel? They have some people are using it, some people that aren't, and they just rate it and measure it from there. When you're talking about physiological changes, red and white blood cells, those are things that they can actually count. So they actually have numerical measures of showing significant improvement in conjunction with that. Now, when you talk about potentiating a conventional therapy, what you basically do is you take some cancer cells and you subject it to the chemotherapy. You take some of the cancer cells and you subject it to chemotherapy and the Maitake D fraction. And then basically you do counts. You look and compare and they find that those numbers of cancer cell deaths actually increase significantly when you combine the two, and they increase even more significantly when you add some vitamin C to the mix as well. Chemotherapy mixed with the Maitake defraction and vitamin C actually kills significantly higher numbers of cancer cells. So the outcomes should be better for the patients that are undergoing these therapies then? That's certainly the goal in the whole process. The whole idea in chemotherapy is pretty direct. It is to kill cancer cells. I think anything you can do to increase that kill rate, but at the same time, having that other extra benefit to it of decreasing those side effects is a real benefit. Again, I want to make sure we're clear. These are studies that have been done in the lab, but we have now almost 20 years of experience with it. So we're seeing feedback basically confirming what the lab has been telling us all along. Have you encountered any problems with people taking the maitake, side effects or contraindications or anything like that? The only real concerns with the maitake mushroom, and again, this is a food that's been eaten safely for thousands of years. It's a very safe substance to use. The only concerns are extraordinarily slight, and they would be if you're using, let's say, the whole maitake mushroom, the griffron maitake, as we call it. If you were taking 40, 50, 60, 80 tablets a day, just a huge amount of it, it may actually loosen the stools a little bit. So that's not really practical. Nobody's really going to be swallowing that many tablets of that, but it can loosen things up a little bit. With the maitake defraction, it is a very, very, very mild blood thinner. For people who are on blood thinning medications, warfarin, heparin, or other medications, they just need to be aware of that. But again, it would only happen in an extraordinarily rare situation. Other areas of concern are just matters of compatibility. Obviously, if you're taking something to stimulate your immune response, you wouldn't want to be doing that when you're treating a condition where you're trying to keep the immune system subdued. For instance, if someone's had an organ transplant, obviously you don't want to be stimulating the immune system. There are some other conditions sometimes where they're trying to downplay the immune system a little bit. But that's another kind of newer discovery with the maitake defraction is initially we really thought it was an immune stimulant in that it was increasing numbers and activity of the immune cells macrophage, natural killer cells, cytotoxic T cells, delayed hypersensitive T cells. There was an increase in numbers of a number of different types of immune cells, and there was an increased activity of those immune cells. So we really thought of it as an immune stimulant initially. As I mentioned, this is new to the research world. As we're getting to understand it more deeply, it actually does seem to have a more modulating effect. It doesn't seem to overstimulate and push the immune system one direction or another, it actually has a very balancing action as far as the immune system goes. I think that's a very important distinction because what we're saying, if I hear you correctly, that we're not necessarily just forcing the immune system to move in one direction. What we're doing is helping the body normalize 
come into homeostasis where things are functioning normally. The immune system is neither overactive nor underactive. So we're trying to help the body normalize. Let me interject here. I think it's the body that does the magic. When you give the body certain nutrients, things don't happen just because you stick nutrients in the body. The body has to do something with it. That's where the magic lies, that the body can use these very unique compounds to do extraordinary things. Is that a fair assessment? I totally agree with you on that. I think there is an inherent intelligence in the body that the body will basically take care of what it needs to take care of. It'll pull in more of what it needs. It'll disregard some things that it doesn't need at that moment. And it does the same things with nutrients. If you give the body, for instance, tons and tons of calcium on a daily basis, the body says, hey, there's plenty of calcium here. I don't really need to absorb much of this, so I'm just going to take a little bit of it. If you get calcium once every three days or so, the absorption rate of calcium jumps hugely, sometimes even tenfold. So the body is very smart about using what it needs and not using what it doesn't need. And I think it does this with these tonics, these immune modulators, it'll actually be more sensitive to those compounds that the body is saying, here's what we need. We're not functioning well, immune system. We don't have enough immune cells. So we're going to bring more of these compounds, these beta-glucans and polysaccharides in to stimulate that immune response. So what they found is that if people are low or deficient or underactive in that area, that the defraction will help stimulate that? Is that what we're doing? We're increasing numbers of those immune cells. And again, I want to emphasize it's a number of different types of immune cells. It's not just natural killers or macrophages, cytotoxic T cells. It's a number of things. The other element of this is it's also increasing chemicals that are called cytokines, chemical messengers of the immune system. This is really important because the immune system needs to talk to itself. It needs to say, turn on, turn off. We need more of these cells. We need these cells here. So it may actually improve even overall functionality of the immune system because it improves that communication network, increases those cytokines, so the immune system knows better what it's supposed to be doing, where it's supposed to be doing, how it's supposed to be doing what it is, which, again, really brings it all into a functional balance. Would this suggest that it might also be useful for people who have these autoimmune conditions? I think the initial research suggests it may have some applications in that regard. And again, I think people need to remember that while someone has an autoimmune disorder, What we're really focusing on with the name autoimmune is we're focusing on the overactivity of the immune system. Oftentimes, there's underactive function of the immune system going on as well. So to have these tonic remedies like the maitake, like the reishi mushroom, that can go in, stimulate where it needs to stimulate, and calm where it needs to calm is really key. And one of the ways you measure that calming action is do they have anti-inflammatory actions, things that tend to be anti-inflammatory or calming that overactive immune response. Certainly, the maitake mushroom is very potent at doing that. The reishi mushroom, chaga, they also have some strong anti-inflammatory actions as well. So somebody might consider this if they have that inflammatory component? I certainly think you could use it. It wouldn't be my first choice. I tend to like reishi and chaga better as anti-inflammatories. But if you place it in the context, someone really prone to infections and colds and flus and having some inflammatory issues, then maybe the maitake defraction is called for in those cases. Well, would you suggest that the defraction is a product that is typically reserved for more serious conditions, or is it something that the average person might use if they want to fight colds and flus? What's the range of usage for it? 
That's actually a real good question. It leads into, I think, some really important points to make with the Maitake defraction. I think it's certainly very useful in both situations. Certainly for any individual who knows their immune system's not functioning properly, they get lots of colds and flus, they get lots of infections, if their wounds are slow to heal, these are all signs of an underfunctioning immune system. So certainly the Maitake defraction is called for those cases. Definitely, according to the research, if someone is dealing with a more serious immune disorder, it's obviously very much called for. And that's where most of the research has really focused on its applications. But I think it's a real intriguing product to use on a regular basis just to kind of keep that immune system up. And the reason being is because it's such a strong and effective immune-supporting herbal remedy is that you only need to take a very, very small amount of it. We make a product which we call Maitake Defraction Pro. It's four times stronger than the standard product. With that product, all you need is five to seven drops. It's five to seven drops, one or two times a day, Monday through Friday, and you can keep your immune system operating at optimal levels, which really means that little one-ounce bottle will actually lasts you three, four months. So as a immune maintenance, as something just to support overall health, to prevent things from happening in the first place, the Maitake defraction is actually quite a cost-affordable, easy-to-use. It's in a liquid, a few drops in your tea or juice, you're not even going to notice it's in there. So that makes it easy to give the kids because they're not even going to know you're putting it in their juice or water or tea or whatever they're drinking. So it makes compliance a much easier situation. Another area I like to use it is I travel for lectures and natural products, trade shows and things. I always take a little Maitake defraction before I get on a plane. And then when I get off of that plane, because we're breathing in that recycled air, when we know that we're placing ourselves in situations that may be, let's just say, higher in bugs and microbes that may be issues, certainly the Maitake defraction is useful there. I would certainly highly recommend anybody teaching where you're around a lot of little kids and things and those germs are being passed all around. Taking the Maitake defraction on a regular basis, I think, is a real plus. Is this okay to give to kids? It's a very safe product. You can give it to children. Children are extraordinarily responsive to it. For instance, the Griffon Pro, I mentioned five to seven drops, one or two times a day, Monday through Friday. That's the adult dose. So depending on the age and child of the kid, you're really talking about two to four drops a day. That's a tiny, tiny amount to need to give them, two to four drops, two times a day. It's a very small amount to give them to keep that immune system up. Again, I've just found children to be extraordinarily responsive to them. Do it at that low dose just to keep them healthy when you start to see those sniffles or sneezing, whatever, maybe starting to rear their head. Just increase that dose a little bit and get that immune system kicked in nice and early to prevent things from happening. If I understand you correctly, then what we're talking about, if we're talking about using the pro, because that's probably the more economical version in the long term, you're getting more for your money, even though the bottle itself might initially be more expensive. You only have to take one fourth the amount to get the same effective dose. So what I'm understanding is that for somebody who wants to boost immune system for children or adults, they can take the small number of drops every day, twice a day, five days a week, something like that. And that's just going to be a general immune system enhancer. Now, what about people who want to use it therapeutically? Are they taking a much different dose? That's one of the nice things about the Maitake defraction. And it's also one of the things that attracted me to Mushroom Wisdom, formerly Maitake products, is that they've gone out and they've done the research. It's actually nice to have research done showing what the therapeutic or most effective dose range would be for these serious acute disorders or chronic diseases. 
the doses higher of the professional strength product, the Maitake Defraction Pro, in that case, you basically use one drop per kilo, and a kilo is 2.2 pounds of body weight. So if 150 pounds, that's what, roughly 70 kilos or so. So you would take 70 drops a day in two divided doses. So that's an extensive preparation to be taking that much. But that's what the evidence shows is the most effective dose, correct? Again, it's nice to have research actually showing and suggesting what that dose range is. Because with a lot of natural products, we simply don't have it. We can use echinacea as a good example. I know a very well-known, very popular, highly thought of herbalist in the Midwest. He doses echinacea literally by the drop, similar to what you do with the maitake defraction. Yet you get a European-trained herbalist, and they'll take echinacea by the teaspoonful, two or three teaspoons at a dose. So to have some sort of idea of what that most effective dose range I think it's real important, and I think it's doubly important when we're talking about these very, very serious disorders to have an idea of really how much we should be taking to maximize those benefits. Well, I think it's really important to give our listeners the idea that with the Mushroom Wisdom Maitake products, you're getting the product that was used in the clinical studies. There may be lots of companies that have a maitake product, but the question is, has that maitake product been used in these types of clinical settings or these laboratory settings? And if so, great, because they'll be able to tell you what the results are. So don't be afraid to ask your supplier or your company that you're interested in, what research do they have on their product? Because here we have a product that has the research. So we want to make sure that people don't just get confused, that Maitake is all the same, and that any company who makes it is going to have a product that does what the Maitake defraction does, because that's not the case. That's a very, very important point to make. Not all Maitakes are created. Not all Echinaceas are created equal. So I think it does help to get the material that's actually used in the research. Certainly the maitake defraction that we manufacture is the most widely and longest research of the maitake mushroom products that are out there. It's always tricky in the natural products industry, as I'm sure everybody's familiar. It's difficult to go out you know, and fund research on your material because everybody else can then borrow your research and apply it to it. But I think if you really want to fully apply legitimately the research that's been done, you need to use the material that's been used in those actual studies. The Maitake defraction has been studied in a number of places, Georgetown University, the Methodist Research Institute in Indianapolis, a number of clinics in Japan, New York Medical College. This is the material that has been studied. It's the exact same material. It's not even a slightly different version of it. It is the Maitake defraction Pro4X that has actually been used in these studies. Well, it is a big problem in the natural products industry because so many people are interested and more are getting interested all the time in how to take care of their health. And they read about these things, but it's sometimes very hard to know if this was the product that was used in the study. Is this just borrowed science? When somebody comes to me and says, I have a product that does all of these things and it's better than anything out there. The simple question is, well, how do you know that? If you have such confidence in a product, what gives you that confidence? This is a legitimate question to ask a supplier who's making these claims. So they should get an answer, much like you've given us today. We've done the research. If they can't point to their own research, but only to borrowed science, then it's very difficult to have confidence because they don't make the same product that you do. Yours is not just 
the mushroom powder, though you have that, you've gone on and made very specific extracts, fractions of these nutrients, which are then studied for their particular benefit as well. So you go much beyond just an average plain mushroom. What's important to know, too, not all mitakis are created equal. The active constituent in the mitake mushroom, in this regard, the defraction, is a beta-glucan. And not all beta-glucans are created equal. We use them mostly for immune stimulation. Lots of beta-glucans have been shown beneficial in that regard. There are some beta-glucans that have virtually no immune or even immune-suppressive actions to them. So getting the right beta-glucan is really key in this regard. And that's why it's important, I think, to have that research backing it up. You know, someone can say, hey, I've got more beta-glucan than anybody else. That's fine, but what if it's not the right beta-glucan? Again, I think it gets to your original point is that it's important to use the material that was actually used in those research studies. Well, it's why we want to have experts like yourself so that we can understand these distinctions. People get to choose. It's their money. They can buy what they want. But we want to help them understand that at least these are some of the differences that we see. You make your choice. That's what we're doing here on HealthQuest Podcast is exploring these very intriguing compounds because they have such benefits. Now, when people are using these mushrooms, do they have any basis for judging what effects they're getting? Is it more observational, like, oh, I'm getting less colds this year because I've been taking it? How does somebody know when they're on the right dose? That's obviously a tricky thing when you're talking about immune system response because there aren't too many of us that are that sensitive to our bodies that we immediately know. Do we have more macrophages? Are they eating more than they would be otherwise? Technically, the only way you would officially know would be to do blood tests, take blood tests before, take the product for a few weeks, and then get another blood test where they actually look at immune system, where they count immune cells or phagocytosis or something. Obviously, not many of us are going to want to do that. Again, you can rely on the research to some degree, but there are those qualitative measures you can look at. Getting fewer colds and flus, I think certainly is one of those, or less severe colds and flus is another measure. We get reports of that all the time where people have been using our mitake defraction in their cancer therapy. And they also report back saying, hey, you know, I used to get two or three colds or flus every year. Now I'm down to one cold or flu a year, even no colds or flus or something. So that's certainly a measure Again, wound healing is a more immediate measure of our immune system response. It's our immune system that's got to go in there and kind of clean up the wounds and stimulate that healing response. So certainly that can be a measure. I think just overall qualitative looking at it. I also think it's important to not overly isolate immune system function. I think we have a tendency to do that in the natural products industry or in alternative healing, and even in conventional medicine even more so. We tend to separate the immune system off as if there's this distinct thing called the immune system. I think that's totally the wrong way to go. When you talk about the immune system, you literally have to talk about everything. You've got to talk about the quality of the food you're eating, the stress in your life. Are you getting enough sleep? Is the air polluted? What nutrients you're taking? Liver function? So many different things go into really directly changing, affecting, altering, enhancing, suppressing immune function. That really when we're talking about immune system, we have to be talking about health in general. In most cases, certainly if someone has had an under-functioning immune system and you start actually kicking that immune system up to natural healthy levels, they may notice just a general overall quality of life enhancement, just being a little bit better, moods up a little bit, energy is a little better, those types of things. But that's going to be 
primarily in individuals where the immune system hasn't been doing what it's supposed to be doing. If somebody wants more information, do you maintain any kind of website that might have more if they want to look at perhaps some of the science or some of the articles that have been written? Do you have anything online? There is a website called bioupdate.org. That's a site that's just dedicated to mushroom research. So you can go to bioupdate.org and see a lot of research that's been done on mushrooms. I will add that you only see part of the research that's been done on mushrooms because there has been so much research done that does have many of the leading studies, certainly on the maitake, the D fraction, and the SX fraction. Well, I will go there myself. I'm very interested in mushrooms and have been so intrigued by this emerging research that shows these potential effects. We're going to be talking about another maitake fraction, the SX fraction, in our future shows and some of the other mushrooms that have shown such huge potential for improving human health. I look forward to those. Well, we're very near the end of our time, Mark. I'd like to give you the last word. Is there anything that we didn't cover today on the maitake defraction that you'd like to make sure that our listeners hear? Actually, there's been some real new kind of cutting-edge research that's been done with the maitake defraction that was done independent of us. A researcher in Argentina had actually heard about the maitake defraction. She decided, hey, I'd like to do a little study and research on it. We're seeing a completely new and different action and application of the maitake defraction as a result of this. She looked at a certain type of breast cancer cells, a very aggressive type of breast cancer cells. She actually mixed them with the maitake defraction. What she saw was for the first time was a genetic change in those cancer cells. It induced 22 what are called pro-apoptotic gene changes. What that means is it induced the genes to change in those cancer cells into a message or a gene that would actually communicate. Uh, I'm sorry, can we run through this one again? I'm battling through this one. Absolutely, no problem. All right. You, you want to ask a question again or just want me to go? No, just go ahead. I'll just, I'll just edit right. out that, that section. We have new research that's been done coming out of Argentina by a researcher there who looked at mixing the maitake defraction with the very aggressive type of breast cancer cells. And what she found was for the first time a genetic change in these breast cancer cells, what are called pro-apoptotic gene changes. And what these gene changes are is an induction of those cancer cells to commit suicide. So it actually caused a genetic change in these breast cancer cells to a state where they were actually, in a sense, killing themselves. They were dying off. For the first time, we're seeing evidence that is beyond just immune stimulation, beyond just kind of adjunct therapy, supporting conventional therapies. Now, we're actually seeing a direct action on, in this case, breast cancer cells, inducing them into suicide or apoptotic state. This is an extraordinarily promising, a totally new avenue, a new area of exploration. They've now done two studies they publish their studies on it, and I think you can see those studies on bioupdate.org. But it's a real intriguing, I think, promising avenue and application for how this maitake defraction may be interacting with cancer cells in this case. Well, we'll just have to keep in touch. And as this research emerges, I know that Mushroom Wisdom will be on top of it, and you as their educator and researcher will certainly be on top of it. So we'll look to hear more about that as the evidence emerges as well. It must be exciting for you to know that this research is going on and is getting other researchers excited so that not only the researchers that you hire to look at the products, but 
just because of what they're seeing about its potential and studying it on their own, that's got to be a hugely exciting development. What's intriguing is I've actually met and talked with some of these researchers who have done some of this work, and it's interesting to hear them kind of confess that they actually go into the studies thinking that this stuff's not going to work. These are conventionally trained, conventionally minded, kind of allopathic traditional researchers So they go in thinking if they're doing a study on a natural product that, hey, you know, this is likely to fail and not really do a whole lot. It's really interesting to see these people who go in as skeptics and come out quite enthusiastic in support of the natural product, in this case, the Maitake defraction. Well, I'm glad that there is a site, bioupdate.org, that has references in these studies that people can look at. We want you to be an educated consumer. We're trying to teach you a little bit, give you an introduction here on HealthQuest Podcast, but there is much more for you to learn. And if you want to know it, it's out there. Well, Mark Kaler, Vice President of Education and Research for Mushroom Wisdom, I want to thank you so much for being my guest today. I'm very much looking forward to our future shows because I know we're going to cover some interesting topics. So thanks for being with me today. Thank you. It's always a pleasure and lots of fun, Steve. I look forward to our next one, Mark. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. If you would like more information on Maitake or the Maitake defraction, I have a couple of resources for you. Certainly, you can go to the company website, mushroomwisdom.com. You can also go to bioupdate.org. Bioresearch Update maintains a site where they look at the various studies done on these mushroom extracts. And if you want to know more about these specific extracts, you can go there as well. And you can also look to PubMed. I did a research on Maitake and on defraction. And there are numerous studies that you can look to on PubMed and you can see exactly what the studies are, what they measured, what they were looking for, what the results were. So you don't have to guess. If you want a product that you can rely on, you want to use a product that was used in the clinical studies. And that certainly is this Maitake defraction. So we encourage you to learn more about it. Find out how it might be useful to you how you can use it. Certainly you learned a lot about that today with Mark, but do your homework and determine whether this is a product that you would like to use, why you want to use it, how much should you take, then try it. Take it for a certain period of time, take a dose that was recommended, and then evaluate your results. This is the only way you're going to know, and if you want the results that were shown in the studies, use the product that was used in the studies. Use it in that dose and for that length of time. Then you have a basis for comparing your results with those which were reported in the clinical work. Well, that's it for me. I'm all out of time. I've got to go. I'll be back with another interesting HealthQuest podcast. I hope you'll join me. Until then, make it a good week. I'm your host, Steve Lankford. Thanks for joining me. Bye-bye. (laughs) 